podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. G'day, I'm James and welcome to the Australian Opinion on Formula One here at the Lakeside Drive F1 podcast. In this episode, we take a look at the conversation around new and old Formula One fans. And I'm joined by a new friend of the show from Champagne and Slicks on Instagram who has been a big follower for a very long time at Lakeside Drive. It's Scott. G'day, Scott. G'day, James. Great to be here. All right. As I, I called you a moment ago, Mr. Mr. Lakeside Drive, it's, uh, it's wonderful to, um, <laughs> to finally chat to you after listening for quite a while. Yes. Uh, look, uh, I'm sorry for your loss for listening <laughs> for as long as you have. Um, and also for Tommy T and Campy listening, that's right. I am at Mr. Lakeside Drive, not you two. Uh, take that. <laughs> oh, look, mate, I, honestly, uh, yeah, uh, you, you make a great, a great bunch, you guys. And uh, yeah, Campy uh, took a while to get used to listening, but he's, he's fantastic. So yeah, no, you guys do a great job. <laughs> still has no idea how to use a microphone. Uh, <laughs> you would have thought five years later and I still have to position it in front of his mouth before we start recording. Um, mate. Can I just let's do a quick plug for you before we get into what we're going to talk about today? Sure. Uh, talk talk to me about Champagne and Slicks and where this came from, what you do, and what your audience is. Yeah, absolutely, James. Um, look, let me say so. Basically, Champagne and Slicks it's an Instagram account started as an Instagram account, I should say, uh, with a whole website sort of attached to that blog type thing. Where it started, it started from um, it was basically holidays and. Um, Started posting some photos of, of racing cars, pretty much. Um, 2019, just opened up an Instagram account, thought, you know, Champagne and Slick sounds like a good name. Never really, sort of never really had any ideas of, of what it would become or what what I wanted it to become. Um, but from that sort of, you know, small beginning, it, it's turned into to quite a big uh, page with 22,000 followers. And I think the way I describe it is it's a celebration of, of racing's past Um through you know evocative words and images, so we cover a lot of you know a lot of eighties and nineties type stuff, um, and and further back. I think one thing that I think might separate what I do from some other pages in that space, kind of keep a finger on the pulse of, of what's happening now as well. There is you do get a, you do get a lot of sort of you know retro racing type stuff. You know, that, that look down their nose at you know modern racing and oh you know Formula E it sounds like vacuum cleaners and. We, it's fun. It's a celebration of fun, and that's what racing should be about. And that's why we all go and watch it. And yeah, we've got a great following, and it's it's really gone to some great heights over the last couple of years. And um, yeah, we celebrate the past. That's how I'd sum it up, mate. Pretty much everyone who listens to this podcast, it's up your alley, listener. If you've not yet gone and checked it out, check it out. Also, uh, and I've just seen as I'm scrolling through your Instagram that your uh, the Slicks World Tour T-shirt is available for pre-order. That thing looks <laughs> bloody fantastic. Uh, so if you want some T-shirt merch that's not a Lakeside Drive cord calf, although I'm pretty sure we've sold all of those now, um, go across to, to the uh, Instagram page. I'll link that in the description below. But Scott, we're here to talk about what is, I mean, it's a celebration of the olden days, yes, mm-hmm. of, of what you said, of what Champagnes and Slicks yep. is. And it's a good intersection between what we're trying to, what we were just talking about before we started recording, and that's whether or not I'm getting access to go to Formula One this weekend, yes. uh, or this coming weekend, I should say. Um, and I haven't even heard yet. It is Friday afternoon when we're recording this, uh, and I've not heard one way or the other because... Oz Grand Prix are getting overwhelmed with submissions for media accreditation and the like. And it's something that has only really happened since 2021, 22, 23, of course, 
um, 21 didn't happen, but the, the overwhelming, they open up accredi- accreditation applications and you get an automatic email back saying, yes, thanks so much for this. We receive an overwhelming number of applications. We'll process them as soon as we can. Uh, never used to be like that, did it? Um, and I suppose it opens up what we're talking about, which is new fans of Formula One, not necessarily versus old fans, but new fans yeah. and old fans of Formula One and where the sport sits now. We can talk probably more specifically, I suppose, about the Australian Grand Prix, Scott, rather mm-hmm. than a bigger picture because we're both Australians. We're both probably going to the Formula One next weekend if if, we, if I see, we'll see, I guess. Um, but uh, it's interesting to see the number of tickets that are being sold, the change in the media about how they talk about it, the whole thing. It's just bizarre, isn't it? Oh, look, yeah, it's, you know, I... I- I can't believe how much it's changed. I mean, I've been, I don't know, I've been watching car racing probably, you know, my granddad was into it, my dad was into it, so I probably sort of started watching when I was, you know, four, five, six years old. And all through high school, if you liked Formula One, people thought you were a bit weird. It wasn't, yeah. you know, it, it wasn't a cool thing to watch, right? Like, no. oh, that's just, oh, that's just cars going around in circles. Why do you watch that? It's boring. And, you know, it just, no one cared. It wasn't a thing that was of interest. And the change, I'll give you just one, a couple of anecdotes I really like. Mm. Yeah, you go back even five, six years, if you wanted to go to the Grand Prix, you could buy a general admission pass the morning of Sunday. You know, it didn't sell out. Last year, you know, as you say, the last few years, things have just gone mental. Um, I was, you know, I was walking into the track and I think I mentioned to you in one of our emails, there was a group of, I don't know, 20-something, you know, women out the front. They kind of look like what you might sort of think of like, you know, Instagram influencer types asking if anybody had tickets. And that is a complete, like it's a complete reversal in such a small amount of time. The popularity has exploded. It's just, yeah, it couldn't be more different than what it used to be like. Of course, if you're listening to this and you're a brand new fan, if you've been watching Formula One since the beginning of this year, if you've been watching it since, again, I keep going back to this, since Mark Webber should have won that championship in 2010. Yeah. Come on, Mark, lift. From back in that era, it, it's it's great to have you here. You are so welcome. And I suppose it, what... This is kind of that conversation that has always sort of been happening in the background, Scott, since Drive to Survive really started. And I think you're a great person to have a bit of a chat with because, look, we're both similar in in the we're both in the 30s bracket. We'll mm-hmm. say that whether it's the end, the middle, I'm or the early. Hanging on to your life, James. I'm hanging on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, aren't we all? Um, whether we're in that bracket and and people who've been watching even in their 20s who've been watching pre Drive to Survive, it's interesting yep. that. It was necessary for Liberty Media to do something with what they had after Bernie and what we'll call the bad Bernie versus the good Bernie because that's what our Discord is saying. So, yes, the Eccleston, uh, not Collins. Um, In terms of that era, because it was struggling, Formula One was struggling. As you said, you could pick up tickets at the gate on the Sunday here in Melbourne. Now you have to register for a token and even then you're not even guaranteed to get into the gates. But... Is it maybe going in a direction that is just maybe not sustainable? And I think that's probably the biggest thing because at some point in the future, and as much as I love this sport, as much as you do and Campy, Tommy T. Freyer and everyone else who listens to this loves this sport, at some point the bubble will burst. And when it does, it's going to it's going to be very interesting to see what Formula One does. Yeah, no, look, I, I agree entirely. And, you know, there's a, there's a few examples of that in, in the past, even not, not even just from the fan perspective, but you think of, I don't know, 2008, 2009, the number of manufacturers in the sport, then you have a GFC, suddenly half of them disappear. You know, think something will happen at some point on on that side, the money side of things, the marketing side of things. And I guess, yeah, the question is, and we sort of touched on it before we started recording, how can we keep that 
you know, that bubble up in the air for as long as possible. And like, I, I guess there's a couple of parts to it. The, the first is, you know, can, can we bring old fans along for the ride? And then how, how far can we, can, how far can Liberty push Formula One without losing those fans? And then, does Liberty care about them or need them? And there's so many different views about that. Like my dad, he's been a Formula One fan for years and he made a comment. He's been a bit facetious. He said something along the lines of, <laughs> oh, you know, these people are invading my sport. And you know, wow. he was talking about these, you, you know, again, he's been a bit facetious, but talking about the sort of you know newer fans who maybe view Formula One from a, you know, a different way. And Liberty's trying to embrace that and with massive success, but can they, keep on to those old fans because if the bubble bursts it probably is those old fans that'll you know they're in there for the long term because at the moment f1's the flavor of the as you say how long can we keep it like that is there a risk of pushing it too far can we have you know three races in america and all these manufacturers and you know pivoting away from you know the old base to the new base it's a question that's probably unanswered and will probably continue to be unanswered probably for the next three to five years at least the people who i talk to who are in the sort of similar position to me or, or well, not similar mm-hmm. position, but closer to the sport, closer to, to sort of knowing what the teams are willing to do and how many races they're actually wanting to go to because there's that so whole thing in of itself as well with this cost cap uh, is how long this will last. And some people say to sort of three to five years before something moves on. I mean, Drive to Survive really was at an intersection between lockdowns. There was already a season of it ready to go to binge watch uh, there was hype enough for the sort of the second and the third season to come out. And so for Drive to Survive, compared to something uh, like Breakpoint for Tennis, which is box-to-box yep. box films, it's exactly the same uh, company, production company who filmed that uh, for Drive to Survive, Tennis is never going to su- like uh, suffer, I suppose, from the problems that are ahead of Formula One because it came out later and it was a completely different circumstance and it's a different kind of crowd. Doesn't mean that it's not good. It's great, in fact. And there is also another Australian larrikin who um, think whatever you want of him. He's probably more <laughs> controversial, Nick Curios, than Danny Rick, uh, but is still characters in there. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. like Daniel. But Daniel is a character for the, the reason why we all love him here and for all over the world for people. So do you think then, Scott, from an old fan's point of view, the the rigmarole from the Australian Grand Prix, and we could talk about Vegas and, and Miami and, and the ridiculousness mm-hmm. of that, but I think we can probably leave that for another time. The the rigmarole of trying to get just a, a GA ticket to to this event, let alone maybe the grandstand that they've always sat in. They've always had this favorite the Fangio grandstand, for example, that's always been their favorite one to go to. Now ticket prices are a lot more expensive than they were. Yeah. And they're having to get into a, a queue and online, buy a token, do all this other stuff. Is that do you think going to be one of the biggest reasons why fans are turned off? The older fans, rather, are turned off from getting access to the sport. Yeah, I mean, on, on that point, like anecdotally, I, I, you know, I know people from what you might call, you know, the old brigade who've gone for ever and ever and ever who simply missed out this year. There's people missing out, and you know, there probably is an element. There's probably some people that just won't come along for the ride when things change. Um, you know, in any sport, some people just don't want things to change, and I see that with. You know, you see that with champagne and slicks as much as the page, you know, try and celebrate everything and not, you know, not look down at, at, at new uh, motor racing. You do get a lot of comments of, oh, you know, how good was it before the halo when, you know, people got head injuries all the time and you do, you do get a few absurd comments like that. And, you know, there's people that, that, that won't come along for the ride. Um, mm. 
and what they don't like about it, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's just changed. But th- we we have to we have to respect the actual sport itself. Probably has changed a- as well, not just you know the drive to survive staff and access to to drivers and learning about them. Probably the thing that's gone is that you know the visceral thrill. Like you went to a Formula One race during the the V10 era. Like anyone, the first time you saw a V10 or a V8 F1 car, like you, you feel it. You felt it in you. Your ears were ringing. You know, you'd be in Melbourne CBD and you'd hear it you know, out and out of the park, like that part of it is gone and it's not coming back for, for reasons we, we all know and, you know, most of us are on board with uh, probably not camping, but <laughs> we are heading in that, that's the direction it's going. And, you know, the visceral thrill has gone. Some people, you know, you hear people disappointed, grid girls are gone and, and things like that and the sport has changed. But for me, the thing, the racing, you know, the point to make is the racing on track is now probably better than it ever was that's the biggest thing people some people look back with rose-tinted you know glasses and go oh you know it was better in the 80s better in the 90s and you know i have a lot of nostalgia for the 90s it was great in so many ways but you know the racing was crap half the time yes you know go go and watch the night grand prix and tell me if you see anyone overtake go watch a race from budapest back then It, it you know it was pretty ordinary at times and now we've got a fantastic on track product and that's the thing we should focus on and that should be enough to keep people on board. And if, if they don't and they, you know, then they're not coming along for the ride, there's probably not much we can do about it. That's just how it is. That's very true. You're absolutely right. I mean, the racing, especially from all accounts, from this year's generation of Formula One cars is probably the best we're going to see and have seen for a very long time. I mean, the Mercedes dominance is gone. Reliability issues are going to yep. play Red Bull, whether they like it or not, of having these flashbacks to bloody Daniel Ricciardo and Renault era of Red Bull and reliability yeah. issues. I'm sure Christian Horner is as well. But I think you're absolutely right because there there is a cross-section of where is the right place for Liberty Media to put Formula One between the old guard, if you will, and new fans to the sport. Yes. And I think one of the brilliant things is that there are, is more entertainment in Formula One now as well as great or better racing. So there's actually something for both yeah. of those camps. And a lot of the time you'll end up finding that either the older fans will really enjoy the entertainment aspect of it. So they'll cross into yeah. uh, appreciating that new side. Whereas the new fans as well might go back. And we have only done one um, old race review uh, from back in, I can't even remember where we did it from. Now, Japan, Suzuka, I think with 91, 92. And we like mm-hmm. Campy and I and Tommy T bloody loved watching that race because there was drama yeah. on track. Alain Prost, yeah. bloody crashing out Ayrton Senna, all of the rest. It still happens now. I mean, Lewis Hamilton, That's Max right. Verstappen thing in 21, we'll be talking about that thing in 15, 20 years going, are we still on about it when Michael Massey is inevitably back as the yeah. race director because he'd still make better calls than what's been going on in the last 10 <laughs> races. But you're, I think you're right because the the racing is great, and who knows, the cars might sound a little different this year. At least that's what I've been told is that the sound is yeah. a little better. Look, I think the only sport Scott that is up on your uh, feed that needs to go back to the good old days is V8 supercars. That's the it's rubbish now. The noise that comes out. I, mean, I said this in Discord. Someone said, "Oh, you know, it's the uh, the noise puts it as the first best." Uh, car series around Albert Park, and I said yes. But combined with Mark Scaife, Crompo, and the rest of the nonsense that's going on, it puts it back to fourth uh, after the Porsches, Formula One, probably Formula Two, and then we'll put them and then Formula Three behind it. But I think from a from a fan's point of view, Scott, listening, if they're new or old, what would you say to them about the reason to continue to be involved and engage with Formula One? I think, again, it's it's the on-track product and that fits in that broader thing of how far can Liberty push it. At the moment, 
it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. The on track product, some people may disagree. I don't. I think the on track product is as good as it's ever been. That's the reason to keep watching. If you want to watch Formula One because of you know drive to survive, that's fantastic. That's great. If you want to watch it because you want great racing and you're more old school, that's great as well. And I think that's the thing at the moment. The balance is still there. And for me, probably probably the only thing to sort of worry about is you know will it still be will the DNA of Formula One still be the same if we have you know if we have five races in America, if we have four races in the Middle East. You know, if we go fully electric, like those are the start of things that might start to, you know, unweave the, 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 you know, the DNA of the sport. But I think, I think for now, it's still there. And, I'll, you know, hand on heart, that um, Lewis and, and Max at Abu Dhabi 2021, when it, whatever it was, two o'clock in the morning, I was standing up in the middle <laughs> of the lounge room. I have never in my life ever been so excited by a motor race. And that's what matters. Like at the end of the day, the on-track product is there. Let's watch it. It's great. Yeah, and we forget that the end of that era, <laughs> the whole bloody race was exceptionally boring up until the last five laps. Yeah. Thank you, Nicholas but that's, Latifi. But that's, like, but that's like so many races from history as well, though, you know. I mean, I don't know. Go, go, back, and, go back and watch a lot of races and, you know, we might think of these amazing moments. A lot of the rest of the race was 20 laps where, you know, nothing happened and then, you know, it's <laughs> – I think it's those moments. Right. It's those moments that you remember. Yeah. And, yeah, and the feeling that gets you up out of your seat yelling at the TV—that's still there. If that goes, maybe I'll stop watching. Maybe people will switch off. But until that happens, it's bloody good. Like we're kind of blessed at the moment, really. Yes, we are. We are. It's it's bloody fantastic. And look, we've got a great community of people in Lakeside Drive, including yourself, Scott, and me. Look, we're just all fans. All of us are fans together, watching this very great yeah. sport of all of ours. Uh, and look, Scott, I think what we might do is if you can keep a, a finger on the pulse on on this this year, because in the lead up to Vegas is is going to be really interesting yeah. around this yes. kind of conversation. And we might catch up again a couple of times during the year just to see how things are flowing. You can be our um, old versus new expert from Champagnes yes. and Slicks, um, and we can touch base through the year. But uh, I'm sure. If uh, if anyone sees you in a Slicks eighty eight t shirt around the Australian Grand Prix, um, you listener, please feel free to say good day to Scott. Uh, introduce yourself, say hello. Make sure you you follow the page as well because the content is phenomenal, mate. You've done such an incredible job, and how good that the two of us, uh, starting from a passion point of view or something that we just wanted to get yes. involved with, is now at a point where uh, we, we've got such a, a big and brilliant audience, isn't it? Oh, it's it's great, and and that. You know that really fits in with the whole you know new new world new f1 whatever like i never thought like i was saying from just post a couple of photos on holidays to you know walking in and interviewing john bow at the vh last year and you know i've got there's a number you know kevin magnuson follows the account that's my claim to fame how good it's incredible like any I, you know he liked a photo the other day too so or you know let's let's pretend it's him and not his team anyway <laughs> it's you know <laughs> It's the access you can get by doing these type of things. It's it's yeah, it amazes me and you know, interacting with with drivers and the like, yeah, very lucky. But yeah, absolutely if anyone sees me at, at the Grand Prix, come and say good day. Um if you manage to get yourself a ticket, that's the, that's the trick, right? Get into the race. <laughs> it's a big fence line around the Grand Prix. Surely they're not watching all of it. <laughs> yeah. Actually but James, I did I did have a uh, I did have an idea actually. Mm. And um you can probably cut this out because it's absolutely stupid. But it did occur to me. It's very, it's very easy to get work these days, right? So if you didn't get a ticket, I am, I guarantee you, you'll find some sort of hospitality vendor trying to get someone to work there this Sunday. You could just 
you know, put your name forward, get yourself a job, call in sick on Sunday, use your pass, uh, go on in. That's, uh, that's my tip to people struggling to get a ticket. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> oh, look. But you, look, that's absolutely right, though. If even if you wanted to go and earn some money, there are still yeah. jobs on gone to seek right now and search Australian Grand Prix. There are yeah. still jobs going for the race next weekend. It is is a good way of getting involved with the action um, and getting close to a Heineken zero point zero, and I'm still paying twenty dollars for it, no doubt. Um, oh, the That's Grand Prix. Right. But we love it. Well, mate, look, thanks so much for the chat. Uh, and listener, thank you too for listening. Uh, if you want to have a chat with me about a, a certain topic, please get in touch. That's how Scott did it. And uh, although he's got a brilliant page and we've been sort of chatting on and off for the last couple of years, uh, when it comes to good content, it is absolutely worth having a chat. Scott, my man, thank you so much for listening to the show. Thank you for creating such a brilliant account and some brilliant merchandise and uh, hopefully I will see you at the Grand Prix. Hope so, mate. And, uh, yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening. And if you're new to the sport, come give us a follow and, um, yeah, you might see some uh, might see some cool things from, from the past that uh, you can learn about. Well, a massive thank you to Scott for joining me for a quick chat around new and old Formula One fans. Of course, if you're listening to this podcast, you're just a Formula One fan and that is exactly where you should be here listening to us. It is an absolute pleasure to join you in whatever you're doing today, wherever you're listening to it. We bloody love having your company. Well, that's it for this podcast. And I tell you what, we have a very, very busy week coming up next week. That is the Australian Grand Prix. Of course, it is happening. There is going to be a stack of content coming to your ears. So please make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode or you've been enjoying the amount of content please consider leaving a rating or a review. Just tapping five stars in Apple Podcasts makes such a big difference and a massive thank you to you if you've done that already. I cannot wait for the Australian Grand Prix. I bet you're pretty excited too. So we'll say goodbye for now and I will see you very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.